Peace, peace, peace. Welcome to another special edition of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We have a special, special show for y'all today, man. Thank you to all of the people that's been listening, tuning in to Out the Box Talks. You know, um, if you've been checking out our shows, we've been dropping new shows like every week, interview shows. So make sure you go check us out at outtheboxmedia.com. You'll find all of the different things we do from the the music mixes we put up on Mixcloud to um, the talk shows that's up on our podcast. You know, so I got my brother A-Level here with me today. We got this special interview that we got with some brothers that, you know, he's been, you know, telling me about for some minute. And it's just ill that the timing is right to bring these brothers on. A-Level, how you doing, my brother? Yo, this is a big A-Level, the Wiz. You know what it is. Uh, I'm excited about this uh, interview. Couldn't be more on schedule than, you know, for the times that we're in right now uh, with this whole COVID-19 pandemic and then this racial explosion that is that is happening in our country right now. I had the, uh, the great pleasure of uh, working with uh, both of these gentlemen um, quite early in their careers and, and, and humble beginnings and, and management and whatsoever. Um, about to introduce Bomani, the Great Elephant, United Front General, and Dido Akia Mayasa, aka Pastor Green. Welcome to Out the Box Talks. Peace, 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 Welcome. peace. Thank you, family. I appreciate you having us, man. Thank you, brothers. Appreciate you. Yo, yeah, thank man. you, thank you. A level, thank you. I appreciate you, brothers. Thank you so much, word. No doubt, man. Man, what's good? What's going on with y'all? Man, you know, just head laying low, man, trying to stay COVID-free. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just try to stay away from the nonsense that's going on out here in the world right now, man. Just up here with my family, keeping everybody safe, man. Yeah, same same here, man. I'm just maintaining, spending time with my daughter, making sure she's good, and, and, and you know, schooling her through these things, not just letting her grow up on her own with technology <laughs> so yeah we good i'm in a very good place brother all things considered so basically i'm gonna just familiarize the fans with a little bit of background on you guys um bomani ufg aka bomani mayasa also started writing rhymes at the young age of 12 his early influences were Big Daddy Kane, Ice Cube, and Nas. As a young boy, Bomani fell in love with hip hop and was almost was almost never seen without his Walkman and his headphones blasting his favorite hip hop songs. In 2003, Bomani UFG founded United Front after being inspired by the classic Dead Press album "Let's Get Free." Bomani released the first United Front, as it called, Gorilla album. After recruiting his longtime friend and fellow MC Dido Green, and they recorded the, the great United We Stand Volume 1. Soon after Volume 1 came 50 Shots Back, African Insurrection Music, and that was released in 2007 as a response to the murder of Sean Bell by police terrorists in November of 2006. So, what I wanted to do was, you know, ask you guys. Who is United Front? What is the Vanguard? What is the Asafo Gang? Mayasa family. If you just explain to our listeners. 
Go, go ahead, a, Mr. General. That's a that's a multi-layered question. I, I'll start with what is United Front. Well, United Front really started out as a as a concept and as a, as a vision. Myself as being politically active, you know, in my youth, um, I was closely affiliated with a lot of different organizations. And um, after listening to a speech by Dr. Khaled, where he said, uh, "Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me," I let me let me say his name correctly by the Honorable. Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, peace be upon him. Um, he, in his speech, he spoke about Africans needing a black united front. And he also spoke about if you are a rapper, you should be a revolutionary rapper. So those, those two things kind of stuck out to me and the name United Front and the fact that I was, I'm a person that, you know, I know so many different kind of people and always had the ability to unite people and bring people together. You know, my idea was to pretty much use my music to unite different um, organizations, uh, different uh, revolutionary movements through my music and, and, and connect people in, in revolutionary action and in thought. Um, but ultimately, United Front started out with myself and a producer by the name of Zaquan, uh, a.k.a. ZQ. Um, we started out, you know, I came to him with the idea and he just, you know, gave me some music and we put together a little EP that disappeared. <laughs> You know, somehow, you know, I don't, I don't know where it, ended, where it ended up, but I know his hard drive uh, got erased, so we definitely missed out on the classic. But, but what ended up happening after that? Shortly after that, I ran into Dido Green, and like I said, I was a lot more politically active back then. And, um, and you know, we just we, we had a nice conversation. He was always always an MC that I respected. So, you know, I recruited him to get down with the with the idea with the movement, and you know, ultimately. Now, United Front is a collective of, of MCs, myself, Dido Green, Doc Mockley, a.k.a. Ambassador O, and my brother out of Milwaukee, my brother University Avenue. Um, so collectively, we are known as United Front. We are all four solo artists. Collectively, collectively, we also have groups within the group, but United Front ultimately is a collection of artists who are uh, revolutionary in thought and in action, and, um, and it's about the uplifting of black people. I don't know. I don't know if Green want to add on to that. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, you know, you know, I want to add on. Um, <laughs> there's so because he, he everything he said is is 100 correct. I, I get nothing to add to that. Uh, the recruit part, though, I do I do have to go there because uh, we met each other on a college tour many many years before this, and this is how we respect. We knew each other as MCs before we knew anything about who we were as. In, in politics or as, as Africans. And when uh, we first met, he was part of one crew. I was part of another crew. And we had another MC that was part of another crew. And the three of us all had like this mutual, like, hey, I'm glad we're on each other's side here type of thing. And um, so our relationship grew through, we were friends as MCs before we were friends, friends, and then became brothers. Um, and so some time had went by. They had they had left the tour and did their own thing. Um, Bomani did his own thing, and some time went by. A lot, a lot of a couple years. And one day he he came through to my apartment, and this this moment means a lot to me because it was the beginning of why we're here right now, and um, it was literally my beginning. Literally, um, a movie had come out on HBO, I believe, called sometimes in April, and it was about uh, what was going on in Rwanda, 
it was another version, the HBO version of the Hotel Rwanda movie. Um, and that movie really, it, 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 you know, it really like did, it, I was like shocked at what I was seeing. Mm. Um, I hadn't read much and I didn't know much. I, I was never naive, but I didn't know what I needed to know. <laughs> and um, Bomani comes through one day. And we kick it. And he, he's, I believe he was suited and booted. You know, he had the RBG on. I was like, oh, okay. I had never seen him like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he sat down and, and, and the brother talked. Now, one time that the brother said, I, Dido, you need to do this. Dido, you need to do that. The brother just said, did you ever think about this? Did you ever think about that? Look at this like this. Did you ever look at this like this? And I'm sitting there like, yo. Mm everything he's saying is just hitting me. It's hitting me. I'm like, I never thought about that like that. And I, I think the conversation, maybe, you know how you get older, you start telling these stories and they become more legendary. So I think every five or six years, the conversation gets about two hours longer. But um, uh, I think initially it was about a three, four hour conversation with mostly really me listening. And when that brother left that day, it changed everything about me as an MC. I, 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 something new, something had happened. It, it jarred, it jarred me. And I, I, I realized how much had been going on around me. I realized how much I had been missing out on, why I had to be, there was reasons to be angry. My angry, anger that I had was misplaced. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, that was a, that was a big moment. So yeah, I, I have to add that there because United Front did exist before Dido Green for sure. But that was definitely, for me, that was like the birth of United Front, that moment. And it, wasn't, it had nothing to do with music. It was a conversation that an uh, MC I respected, that was my brother, came through to talk to me about, and I, it, it changed a lot. So, yeah, and I would thank you in front of whoever's listening today, brother. I appreciate you still to this day. That's respect, wow. man. Shout out to no Tamir Brown from Lyrics to Go. Oh, word. You know, Shout out was, to Tamir, yo. Yeah. I ain't see Tamir in a yeah, minute. Yeah, shout out T, man. Tamir. Shout out T. That, that's uh, what you was alluding to, right, um, Dido? That tour that you guys met on? Absolutely. Shout out Tamir, Lyrics to Go, Third Pound, ED, and all, all, all of the family for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right, cool. And shout out DJ Boogie Blind. That, oh, Boogie absolutely. Blind. Boogie Blind, oh, for sure. You know, no, no Tamir, you know what I'm saying, and Boogie Blind on the music. You know, maybe me and Bomani never meet. Maybe me and, I, wow. you know, Al, obviously, I met you through Bomani. You know, maybe we never meet through that. So I'll, I'll, another thing I will never forget and always appreciate Tamir for. And me and Tamir are also childhood friends, too. So <laughs> That's what's Sir. up. That was a legendary times, man. You know, we, me and A-Level were talking about how, like, hip-hop um, is the voice of the people. And it plays a role in times like this of, of speaking out. Like, what motivates y'all on a regular to do this? Because, you know, he spoke about you guys kind of following in the footsteps of, um, you know, Dead Prez and just artists like that that kind of laid the foundation for, um, you know, music for the people that's speaking about the issues of the people. But what motivates y'all to keep this happening over and over again? Like, this is like, I don't see this as just something that y'all do just for a few tracks on the album. Like, y'all continue to do this as, like, an objective. Um, I, I, I thank you for the question. I really appreciate that question. And it really is a simple answer. 
Um, but it requires a lot of discipline, and it's because it's how we live our lives. Mm. We made a decision to live our lives as men a certain way. We're going to raise our kids a certain way. Our children uh, rarely get to see each other. We live in different states. All our children are named Mayasa. Mm. You know, we, we chose, which means, um, look, um, oh, sorry. Uh, my daughter's name is Asada Naya Mayasa. She who struggles looks to God, and Mayasa means walks proudly. Mm. You know, we, 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 we take on, we don't just, it's not just a wearing a red, black, and green. If, if I went blind and could never see the RBG colors again, I know I'm an African. I know who I am. I've decided and no one's going to tell me who I am. I'm not living by anyone else's version of history. I'm going to see myself. I'm going to live and die through my eyes, mm. through the deeds and experiences, goods and bads of my ancestors and my people, just as all people really should do. And most people do do, mm. you know, so we're not going to be afraid while we have to go to work and, and earn a living and, you know, we understand most of our families and friends and, and people we know don't necessarily uh, think the way we do. We're okay with that. You're not going to stir us. So when we made a pact, I forget when, where me and Bomani were. It was late. I remember it was late, and we were, we were outside on, like, a, a patio or porch somewhere, and we made a pact that we, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, comic nerd, and, um, and you know, we, we made a pact to use our superpowers for good. Mm. And what it said was, we said, we, we, we always knew, you know, I don't mean to sound like really arrogant or anything, but like I said, we knew we were nice. My brother was nice and he thought I was nice. So I'm like, if a nice, somebody that's nice thinks I'm really good, I, I must be okay. Because <laughs> this Ain't dude is pretty talented. That, yeah. and, and, you know, we had a couple other dudes we felt that way about. And when me and him were talking that night, we said, yo, let's, let's, let's not, you know, uh, excuse, excuse the language, but you know, no, no, you know, black women are not bitches and hoes. They got that covered. We, we not niggas and gangsters and, and, and whatever, you know what I'm saying? We not, we not those things. So, and plus they got that covered. Everybody got that covered. Right. Let's, let's, let's bring something else to the table. But here was the path though. The day we corny with it is the day it's over hmm. because we going to be nice with it. You going to listen to it and go, Oh, they actually spitting. You know what I'm saying? Because unfortunately, let's just keep it 100. A lot of, not all, but a lot of message music, historically speaking, you know, it, it hasn't been like classic. It's not known for its bop. You don't throw it on when you ride. And it's like something got to be going on. We, we was like, nah, we going to make them feel that pressure all the time. It's always going to be a cypher in bars. Whoever's in the cypher, you bring your gangster, bring your lyrical, explosive guy, verbal guy, bring your player, thug, drug dealer, pimp, bring them all. You know what I'm saying? So that, that, the, 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 the love of being an MC, plus how we choose to live our lives mm -hmm. makes it easy because we love being MCs. And then once we decided this is who we are, this is who we're going to be, it, it's what else is there? Mm. You know, what, what, else, what, what really else is there? Now, don't get me wrong. I do other kind of music, but there's rules. I don't need to violate the sisters. You know what I'm saying? I got tons of old music where I can hear myself violating. And you know what I'm saying? Some of it is still dope as far as hip-hop. I still like hip-hop. I'm not sitting here, not, I'm not about to promote certain things, but I still listen to a lot of things that you probably think I don't listen to. You know, but that's what I listen to. But as far as what's going to come out of my mouth, Nah, we gonna do George and Ahmad. 
You're going to expect that from me. You understand? Yeah. So that that's the kind of like, yo, I'm not playing these games with people. Like, you 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 don't feel it. You ain't got to feel it because we there's people out here that we understand this is needed. And no, nothing, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and, and everyone else that has uh, died brutally at the hands of these, these, these so-called people, so-called human beings. Mm. You know, we understand these are not isolated incidents. Right. We understand we've been under attack for 500 to 1,000 years. We understand that we, we, I mean, on every level, you name it, physical, they do it on camera, they don't care. The mm. more cameras come out, the more it's happening, the more you see it. So it's, it's, for us, it, it, not to talk, and I'm never talking down to anyone, and I'm not talking up to anyone. I, I'm just saying, for us, it's very obvious. It's easy. I, I know how I want my daughter to be. I get to be the stoppage of a generational curse. No disrespect to the people that helped bring me up. But there's just a lot to do in this lifetime. And, I, and, and maybe somewhere down the road, we'll, we'll, you know, in the, to the future, we'll get things right. But, and, I probably, and I know I won't be here to see it. I have also understand that. I'm not going to mm. be here to see the type of changes I hope for and to know my people need. But that doesn't matter because it's bigger than me. Just like the people that fought for us that they always like to bring up. Uh, they, only, they only like to bring up civil rights. All due respect to those people that did everything they did for us. But if that's the case, what about the people on the continent? What are people that? What about the people that carried those revolutionary spirits on the boats? Mm-hmm. You understand? It was more than just the Amistad movie. So what? What about all those things? So I, just to, 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 I gave. That's what the pastor does. He gives you the long-winded version. You know, on Sunday <laughs> in church, you can't wait for pastor to stop. You, you're like, man, yeah, I, pastor, we getting it. hungry. It's Sunday. Got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> Praise God. You know, y'all know how it go. But yeah. uh, but seriously though, it it's just how we live. We love MC and we love we love the music, but we also we don't love nothing more than living our lives as as, as African men and carrying on the fight for our people. For me, like what keep what keeps me inspired to keep doing this, like when I when I when I found hip hop from a creative standpoint, like I, I fell in love with hip hop musically before I even knew what hip hop was. It was just it was, it just was what it was. It was just the music and the art that was around me every day. But when I fell in love with it creatively and I started writing rhymes, like I found my voice. You know, just as a just as a kid, you know, the kind of kid I was growing up, hip hop gave me a way to express myself in a way that I, I couldn't do any other way. And but when I found Africa, it gave me my heart. It gave me my sense of direction. And, and it really told me what my responsibility was to my people. And what John Henry Clark said, you know, if it, if it can't be used for your liberation, then it needs to be thrown in the trash can of history. So rather than, rather than waste my words and my talents, just, just saying empty words and, and, and empty ideas, um, I'd rather say what's on my heart. So it's real easy for me to continue writing and doing the things that I'm doing because as long as there's Africans in need of enlightenment, in need of inspiration, in need of political education, in need of freedom and sovereignty, there's going to be a need for United Front. So, you know, the, the struggle is what keeps me motivated. is things like, is incidents like what happened with, with the brother George Floyd and what happened with the brother uh, Ahmaud uh, Arbery and, and countless others that, that we could just go on for probably, you know, 
the next year or so was just listing different names of Africans that was killed just by the police alone. So as long as that, as long as these conditions exist, I'm always going to be inspired to do what I do. Now, yeah. I was going to ask, since you brought that up, do you feel as though your music represents the emotional climate of the African in America today? Do I feel it fits the emotional climate? What I feel is that it it, it does it does a it does a couple of things. What it what it does is it speaks to the spirit, I believe, more so than than to the the, the actual emotions of, of most Africans walking around. But it speaks to the spirit of our struggle. If we was able to get into a time machine and go back in time and look at look at the brother whose wife got a knife put in her belly, you know, while she was pregnant and the roundness of her belly ripped open with, with, with his seed ripped out. And that white man stomped the skull of that baby until that baby was dead and then killed his wife. Like, you tell that ancestor that they're a good white people. Like, we still, we still living in that pain. We are, we are still uh, existing and living in conditions due to what has happened from then. Like, we speak to that spirit. We speak to the ones who ain't forget, because believe it or not, you know there was a, a number of like we're not the only ones who who refuse to forget. Like a lot of us choose to forget. Not like we we all study the information, but we we refuse to connect with the pain. And I think more or less that's what we connect with. We connect with the pain of our ancestors, and and we deliver it in a way that's either going to be palatable palatable to some, or it's going to be displeasing. To, to probably more <laughs> to more others, so why sugarcoat it? Why I, I rather I rather my ancestors got my pen. To that effect, can you explain what African insurrection music is? Real, but before we get into the breakdown of aim, I just want to say when you asked that question, my 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 initial thought was no. Our, our music does not. Um, our people are more the speed of the other music that plays on the radio. And I don't want to be disrespectful to any artists trying to come up and feed their family based off their talents, because that's not my goal to tear our people down. But there are messages in some of that music that I just know that none of us would want our daughters or siblings or mothers or aunts or cousins to go through based off what some of these people talk about. So speaking from that place, I would say, no, our people have yet to catch up to where, where the emotional tone of our music. Sometimes we see pockets of rage. Sometimes we see small pockets of, you know, fractured resistance here and there. Those small things speak probably more to what we're speaking to in our music but overall how our people live day to day no I, I i do not think it's even close cool african insurrection music and it's a perfect segue into that the mm. very question you just asked we created a separate name with respect to hip-hop hip-hop is not what we you know hip-hop was born i don't have to tell anybody here this you guys are way more advanced in the history of hip-hop than I am. I am not your typical uh, decent MC. <laughs> you know, 
I, I, I got a lot of my education came a lot later. And I, I, you know, so, but the fact that we even wanted to, in the beginning, create a name, African insurrection music, something different from hip hop, something that immediately would be, would be identified like, wait, what do, what do they mean they do something different? Then you hear it and go, oh yeah, that's definitely different. Um, it, you know, the, the fact that we won't allow, aim means, well, the play on the words, aim, aim at you, you know, aim at your enemy. Also, what is the aim? You know, what is our aim? Aim at your mind, to our people. So it means some different things as an MC. You can play with that bit, pause. Um, but the fact that we wanted to create something different to set aside from those messages that are, are horrible for our people, um, it speaks to that question, why people are not there. You know, we wanted you to know that our music is breaking free from anything this society tells us we have to do. As hip-hop has gotten more corporate, it's lost the struggle. Um, gangsterism and all these things have become mainstream. Think, you know, people used to have, it was cool to have a good time in hip-hop at one time. Now it's like you have to say the worst, most foul things in order to be dope. Mm. And you can see it's an agenda because the radio is literally programmed. There's, you know, you used to hip hop used to dictate the culture, not right. the not not the radio station bosses and the owners of the record labels dictating to the artists what kind of music's going to come out. Hip hop used to tell you what was going to be the new thing. It's the other way around now. So that's a problem. So hip hop in itself and what it used to mean, that's not what it means today. You know, if they can tell me, if you can tell me the N-word doesn't mean what it meant back when we were swinging from ropes, we still swinging from ropes, but you get the point. If the N-word didn't mean the same thing then, then hip-hop don't mean the same thing now like nigga, if that's, if that's the case, because we don't do the N-word stuff either. But you can't tell me hip-hop is the same thing that it was when it came out. So how could United Front actually be hip-hop? How can we actually say we're 100% hip-hop? We are not. Mm. That's so an we interesting needed to statement. Come up with, we needed to come out with something that would say, hey, hip-hop has branched off into things that we don't co-sign, mm. things we would never co-sign, and not just as MCs in our life as men, in our communities, with our families, with our friends. So the need to be identified as something else for ourselves, people know, oh, that's that aim right there. When, you, when that aim comes, you, you know you're going to get it raw, you're going to get the truth, it's going to be honest, it's going to be straightforward, it's not going to tiptoe around nothing, we ain't walking on no eggshells, we are not afraid of some backlash that's supposed to happen when you speak truth. It's crazy that in this day and time, hip hop, like brothers like yourself have to be forced to create a whole new form of, like, a whole new genre, right? I've never heard someone actually exp 
explain explain it from that standpoint, like that they had to create a whole new type of music to define what type of music they do. And it just speaks to the the disheartening state that hip hop is in when you guys break it down like that. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, because it ain't the same. It ain't the same. We see some of the faces in it that are the same. And the vibe to a, to, to an extent looks the same, but it ain't the same spirit. You know what, you know, to a level, like I wave the banner of hip hop and, you know, me and you, we, we talk about this a whole lot. Uh, when people think about hip hop, they think generally of what is being portrayed in the mainstream or what, you know, people are generally familiar with. But I, when I wave the banner of hip hop, it's always the underground I'm waving it for, you know, so it doesn't matter what level you on, you know what I mean? You could have just five followers. Like if your music is really speaking towards to the needs of the people, you know, and it's doing what it needs to do to uplift the people, then that's the way I see it as hip hop. But it's just interesting because I had never heard someone say like, yo, like we don't, we don't, we not even messing with what is out there. We actually are going to create our own thing. So that, that's an interesting point, man. But to speak on that, and I get where you're coming from with regards to the underground, but just like the brother just said, back in the days, the underground used to determine what was dope. Not anymore. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. The industry has completely corporatized the entire situation that it's made the underground um, completely isolated from the dopeness that it used to represent. Yeah. I, it's, I dig it's not it. Cool, it's not cool to be underground. It's not cool to be what they call, quote, unquote, a backpacker and all these terms and things of that nature. It's dope to be pop. It's dope to be crossover. Yeah. It's it's dope to be a sellout, and for me, I don't care about none of that. That's that's all I'm trying get, to say. Yeah, like you. I can care less about that shit. Like I, everything that I do, everything that I've done, you know, with the out the box is to showcase those artists that nobody is talking about. As long as the shit is uplifting to me, you know what I mean, or it's or it's creative, or it's thought provoking, or it's you know, it's like brother was saying earlier, like you can't play certain music for your daughter. Or for your kids, you know what I mean. So that's just that's just that's just my vantage point. But I I, I get it, man. I get it. It's not like have, it used to be. Yeah, you, you just have to have a whole lot more of views. Yeah, it's not enough. Hip hop has grown to be a worldwide phenomenon that's influencing the way people see things and the way people speak. It's far removed from its humble beginnings of, you know playing underground music and playing new music and then everyone taking on to it. Now it's to the point where it's influencing everyone. And which goes into my next question. You would think that everything that's going on right now with all of the rap talent would form a united front. Pun intended, right? 
<laughs> self-destruction part two type of song when you look at songs like the message hip-hop was made for social commentary why at all has there been a reluctance or perhaps absence of content from the premier rap talent in today's genre as a whole not in parts but as a whole well I'm glad you know I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that question man <clears throat> here's how I see it for, for one it, it's another reason why United Front do what we do right because if you remember like I know I remember growing up listening to hip hop no matter how much partying the MC did how much gang banging or gangster shit that they did you could count on two things being on that album it was going to be a song where they actually tried to drop some kind of knowledge and it was going to be a song for the ladies that was actually respectful. Yeah. Like, you you could almost go back, right? You could go back into, like, in the 80s and early 90s. You could count on that. That was on the album, right? Because we understood we had a sense of responsibility. Music in our culture was always used as a tool to either educate or inspire. So the further, we, the, further way, the further and further we got away from control of the culture, the less responsible we became for... To, to those things, to being able to inspire and educate the people that was listening. We became less and less responsible and the people became less and less responsive. Like, it, it got to a point, like, I mean, when Jay-Z could actually get on the record and say, what you trying to kick knowledge? Like, that's some kind of diss. Word. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, like, when did that become, like, the wrong thing to do? Yeah, he's trying to kick knowledge. That's what we all, that's, that has been a part of the culture since the very beginning. But, as we also know, it became less and less profitable to be dropping knowledge. You either got whitelisted from the, from, from the industry or nobody played your record. So here we are now. We done went maybe about a good 15, 20 years of getting a bunch of nonsense in the music. And now we got a generation that decides to make music. They don't have nothing to say and we wonder why. Because we completely left our responsibility in the wind for the dollar. A lot of rappers, a lot of rappers, rather than drop knowledge, like, oh, you know, records don't sell, they chose to go the other way and lose that responsibility that has been upheld, even if it was just one or two songs. They even did that in dance hall. There was a time in dance hall music, you, you could, again, you could count on no matter how much partying they was doing or how much gangster stuff they was doing. You had to have a culture tune and you had to have a, a you know what I'm saying? A, 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 a lover's rock tune, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you had to have that. You know what I mean? That seems like it's across totally all know. genres too. Right. Yeah. Like it's, right. that's good that you brought up dancehall because you could you could even say that for like, you know, you got soca and calypso, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different forms of uh black people's music where you have those two levels. But go ahead. I digress. Yeah, because because being 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 disres- disrespecting the black moment and disrespecting our culture has become profitable it's, it's become a party so i don't sad. remember when like you t- you listen to an r&b album and you actually got love songs mm. now you turn on the r&b album you think you in a strip club like <laughs> you don't they're using the b word and you know it, it, there's nothing about love or marriage and none of that stuff like you used to get back in the day now it's become a lot more profitable and it, what i guess it seems to be a lot more fun now to be out here disrespecting black women 
and the disrespect and the idea of marriage and family and love and knowledge and information and education and all of the, all of that stuff became, you know, not not even worth talking about because they don't see the benefit in it. Everybody's chasing the bag. Yeah. Everybody's chasing the bag. Yeah, man. That's unfortunate. Because he's using that. That's just one answer. You know, there's many there's many Word. answers to that question, but that's just one. And if I could if I could just uh just jump in a little bit there, you know, it's no way, right? It's just adding on. It's no way you can tell me. We're the only genre of music that has these stigmas. It's like at a certain age. Imagine telling, you know, you know. I remember being young, and you turn on the award show. You're at your grandmother's house, or, or, or my mom is watching the TV show, or somebody calls. It's like, oh, the, the, they're doing the part where the Temptations and the Four Tops, and all of them come on the stage together. Imagine telling these people that they they were too old to do their music they did when they were 20 and 30 right. years old. These hits Crazy. that have gone on, like, you're too old. Imagine telling a country artist he, he couldn't do his or she can't do their, they can't do their music at because they're 40. Yeah. I mean, they've created, they've gone so hard to, to strip away the value of hip-hop to in, actually increase its value because it's worth more than it's, ever it's generating more money than it's ever done mm. and it continues to do that but it has no value the more value it gets the less value it has mm. Mm. and so there's no way you can tell me that we we're the only we're the only music like you turn 40 you, you know someone told me that i sound like you hear that george and amad do that sound like somebody that, that, that don't love what they do Somebody told me I sound like I don't have the love for it anymore. Wow. <laughs> and, 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 and I, and I, and I, I mean, not off that particular track. Right, it right, was right. a different thing. And, and I was, I was, you know, and I, it was fit. I appreciate honest feedback. You know, we always want that. Um, and I just, I kind of explained that, you know, they were like, you know, I don't know, you know, back then it was just, they, they, and they compared me to, they actually let me hear something that I haven't heard in a long time from like when I was like 22, 23 years old, maybe. And I was like, yo, first of all, all I heard was all the, 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 the mistakes in my flow. I'm like, man, I would destroy that kid right now. That kid couldn't come with me with all that right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? But on the other side of it too, I'm like, you know, just understand that different things mean different things to me on that verse. All I hear is me cussing, nigga, this, Bitches, this, da da da, and I'm spitting. Don't get me wrong; the verse was hard. Mm. I'm spitting, no doubt about it. But that's not fire to me no more. I, I I hear a bunch of lazy lines. I hear lines now that I will go back at it and be like, no, 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 you could do better than that, fam. But I'm also not going to diss that young man because he didn't have the experience. He wasn't yeah. 20 years older. Yeah. You you know, but but you see what I'm saying? But for some reason. For some reason, and, and that person is entitled to their opinion, I respect their opinion. They heard another freestyle after that, and they, they made sure to tell me that one was better. So, mm, you know, mm. it's all good. But um, they, it, it's, it's just for some reason, it's like when we, we you can't get, uh, like wine gets better with age, you can't get, it, for some reason, the MC, that can't happen. It's only a young man's game. Like, 
NBA players, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, could play a children's game until 40. Uh, 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 Tom Brady can play his sport, this, this game kids play until 40-something, but I can't spit bars. Nobody could do what I – most of the world can't do what I do. Why would you want to take that from me? Just because I, I had turned 40-something years old. Like, who, why? Where did these rules come from? Where did that start? And so I say all that just to say this, these are the points why it's not the same. Anybody can make any argument they want. I would never say hip-hop is dead because I'm here. I am of that, and I am here. Man, I but wish I could give you an applause that we, for that. <laughs> say that again? No, I said I, props to you for that because um, that's what I've been saying for a long time. Like, even when Nas came out with the album Hip Hop is Dead, in my mind, I always felt offended by it. Not Let me not say that. I knew it wasn't dead from because I was always tapped in like that. You know what I'm saying? I was always tapped into the underground like that. So when you said that, he's like, it's not because I'm here. I'm like, that's what I feel. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm here. Like, I've been pushing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I've been pushing these quality artists for a Absolutely. minute. So I feel you when you say that. Like, I'm here. Like, I exist. I'm not expecting, you know, someone else to do it for us. You know what I mean? Well, go ahead. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. And just to kind of sum that up, it's like, yo, listen, everybody don't, I know I'm not everybody's preference. I know right. that what I do is not going to be for everybody, and that's okay. See, that's the thing. We never said none of y'all need to come out. But because y'all all feel like these knowledge rappers or whatever, for whatever your reason to want to suppress this other, these other forms of hip-hop that aren't the pop mainstream types, and there'd be a joint or two every now and then that, that'd be all right. But the point is, is that, I ain't trying to hate on what you do. How are you trying to totally suppress and stomp out my shit? And then this is why some of that, that, that you know, that, that, that old man bitterness you be hearing some of these older rappers talking about the younger rappers. And I think a lot of that is misdirected. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the younger cats, you know, they, 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 they don't have respect for certain things because they, they believe different information. So if we already talking about people don't have a knowledge of self. You mm. really going to hold them accountable for their views on the record industry? Mm. Mm. They don't even know who they are as men. That's so true. these wise, supposed wiser MCs, I don't think coming at them like that is the right way. But I think that the problem is some of the other MCs feel like pushed out. Like, yo, I can't even just spit what I'm going through right now. That's yeah. what hip hop was. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, un it's unfortunate. But, but... All you got to do is push back against it and go, yo, of course pe more people want to hear. Don't believe the hype. We've, they've been telling us that since the 80s. Mm -hmm. Don't believe the hype. It is that simple. Like, don't believe that you don't want to hear those things because you do. Mm -hmm. Because it's fire when something's going on. But when you hear that same song and there's nothing right in the media, it's like, oh, well, see, why would you want to bring that up now? You know, mm -hmm. but that's okay. I, I won't be deterred. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, people people got to understand there is more to our music. Hip-hop is a bunch of things, Absolutely. and it all can exist. Mm -hmm. How It all sounds the same, and that's dope? How? But we know that that's a machine controlling it, and a lot of the artists, unfortunately, come on, man. You got a young man seeing things he's never seen before, getting off the block, opportunity to, to do for his family. All he got to do is make some songs. 
it's not, it's not, you know, I, I, I get that. I'm not lost on that. And that's the difficult part of it. I'm the member that has a lot of empathy to a lot of things. And I understand my, I say one of my superpowers is understanding because I understand things sometimes that I don't want to understand. Mm. Now I got to approach things, but it, it does help me to approach things a little more carefully sometimes. But unfortunately, sometimes some people don't deserve that care. And that's where I have to be careful. But some of these people, they're going through different things. Like Bomani spoke to earlier. He said uh, something about, you know, we, we abandon our responsibility. So what you expect. So if we know that, if I know that, how I'm going to come at them because I want to rap a certain way. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just rhyme a certain way. I'm going to just do what I've been doing, add on to that, and that's it. I'm going to just do it, and nothing's stopping me from doing that. But if I believe the hype, I'll feel like I can't do it. But yet here I am recording myself right out of my apartment, and, and that joint is, you know, it's hype right now. You know what I'm saying? But that goes for any level of music, period. There's no one way to do it, but hip-hop is the only one that has this stigmas like only certain people could do it at a certain age, at a certain time, like, says who? Crazy. When we talk about hip-hop is dead, that's just a, a name or a term to describe basically the condition of it. I don't personally think the hip hop is dead. It's been on ICU for the last 20 years. I hear that. <laughs> In and out of the hospital for the last 20 years. Health has been declining for the last 20 years. You see flashes and it may be coming back and it's getting healthy and then it has a stroke back to the hospital again there was a certain spirit of excellence about heavy d a certain spirit of excellence about nwa spirit of excellence with public enemy i used to be excited to buy a rap album i can't say that i had that feeling in a long time I guess Back when you I was listening level. to the music, it was abundant. Yeah. And, and for me, I, I guess think, I'm spoiled. Because I'm used to abundance, yeah. not scarcity. Nah, when that's facts, man. I mean, me personally, man, I think when I when I hear the term, you know, hip-hop is dead, like, to me, I think it's a generational thing. I mean, for my generation, just for me personally, man, hip-hop is dead. Mm. And I say that because like, because, like, the hip hop I know, like it, it, it spoke. It had a certain spirit. It, it, it had a certain voice, and it, and it spoke to the, it spoke to the ills of the community. You know what I mean? To the, it spoke to, to 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 its needs and to its wants, and you know, and it also spoke about you know elements of of our of our communities that you know what I mean wasn't so pleasant to speak about. You know what I mean? But nowadays, like. The, the the only thing that I hear is what is what our children need more so than what they really have to offer. That's just me personally when I listen to the music. Like I, I I don't hear any I don't hear them I mean, rarely do I hear a young artist trying to educate its own generation. You know what I'm saying? Or the youngsters that may be listening to them. Um they but they are they're quick to tell them the destruction that they're doing to themselves. 
So in that aspect, I feel like hip-hop is dead because it's pumping out nothing but dead information. It's a dead spirit for this generation. You know what I mean? Not that it can't be resurrected because I come from an African-centered perspective. And when we, dealing, when we talk about death um, from an African spiritual perspective, there is no such thing as death. You just transform into a different uh, uh, form of life. Right, right. You know, you're just not here. So, you know, hip-hop has to be transformed and resurrected and brought back to life so that way the future generations can get the, 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 the life that it needs to move forward because hip, what hip-hop did for me man it, it 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 was it was everything for me man like hip-hop was I, I wouldn't go anywhere without my headphones i didn't have books in my backpack other than a notebook to write rhymes and a backpack full of tapes you know what i mean like <laughs> i was taking over my mom's gospel albums <laughs> to to tape right. uh you know stretching barbito you know what i mean to, 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 to tape uh, a red alert you know what i mean like Hip-hop was my everything, man. And that is dead for me. I, 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 I like the fact that you said um, it's a generational thing. And I think that actually spoke to something that I probably was missing. Um, and I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but it's such a passionate topic for me. And me and A-Level go back and forth about this topic a lot. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's passionate for me because um, I want to say around 2004, 2005, a rebirth in hip-hop happened for me specifically. I was listening to Squeeze Radio, which is the, if you guys are familiar with the Stretch and Bobito show, the brothers that were doing that show in the early 2000s, they were putting me on to a lot of underground hip-hop, right? And that was like, I would say that's like, that's like that Talib Kweli era. Well, not, I say like 2000 Kweli, right? Not the Reflection Eternal Black Star Kweli, but, you know, that's the dream, the Gene Grey era. That's the Little Brother era. That's the, you know, that's... um. That's a resurgence of boot camp click, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot happening there, right? Um, that's Wordsworth, that's, that's, um, you know, even to this day, you got, we got John Robinson, you know, we got, we got new brothers like Passport Rav, who just put out an album called Conspiracy. For me, it's not. I, I can't say that it's the same feel like how we grew up with the, you know, uh, the golden era age with like the J. Ruta damages and the gang stars and the, um, who am I missing? Public Enemy, you know, Rakim, you know, that's golden era, right? Like, so it's not the same thing, but there's at least I could count right now. If, if people just go back and check the previous Out the Box episodes, you will see that some of the artists that I've been featuring are artists that's really talking that shit in their music, you know? Excuse my language, but really talking about stuff, critiquing hip-hop, talking about the people's struggle. So I'm tapped in like that, and I, I know that there's not a lot of people that know who these artists are, uh, because you, you literally have to be searching the blogs. I always say to A-Level that Hip-hop has not, in my opinion, hip-hop hasn't died. What's happened is it's more harder to access now. So where everything was kind of put in front of you 
through, you know, you, you know, back in the days we had, we could just listen to Stretch and Bobbito. I would, you know, stay up late at nine o'clock on Sunday night to listen to Future Flavors or, you know, whatever. I could listen to those records in that one medium. Now, you, there's, it doesn't exist like that. You literally have to be on the blogs every day. Like, in order for people to find United Front, they got to listen to a podcast like this or they got a, a, one of those underground blogs or it, it got to be your following. So people won't know who you are if there's no level of seeking done. And I think that what I try to do is bring that all together through this platform, you know, and that's why I'm so passionate about saying that it still exists. It's still powerful uh, because I've been I've been showcasing it. Now, A-Level says it's not in abundance, and I could agree with that. But if I count it out, I'll, ha I'll, I'll be able to put together a list. But that's just my spiel. <laughs> I just wanted to share that because I'm so passionate about it because I live it. You know what I'm saying? I really live it. Like, I, I put emphasis on these types of artists. And I've been doing it so frequently that I could list off the names. If you just go to the, to the Instagram, you'll see... That that's what I've been sharing. You know what I mean? So that's just my point of view. And we appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. We appreciate you and your platform, Brokey Brothers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, A level. I don't want to I know you got mad more quick. I know you got some questions to get <laughs> brother. But the, it, it took a toll where I just felt like I needed to voice that. So y'all know where I'm coming from with this. And sometimes I feel like I'm ahead of the I'm like I'm five years ahead sometimes. Like I really feel like that. But that's just how I go with it, but go ahead. And it's good that you're still carrying that baton because that baton of legacy needs to continue to move forward. Yeah. You know, I like that point that he said, though, generation, because I didn't think of it from that point of view. Because, brother, you grew up in a time frame where you remember that golden era. You just rem you said it's that you didn't you said it's a feel. Right. And I know what you're saying, even though I can't. I, I can't specifically say that I grew up in the Kane era or the um the Rakim era, you know, like I know the greatness of it, but I can't say I was tapped in like the way I'm tapped in now. So I could respect that. Right. I remember, yeah. listen, uh, just real quick though, like when, when I say feel, like, I mean, yo, A-Level could definitely relate, man. Remember right. the era when, like, you was a sucker if you ain't hear the newest Kane album or the newest right. shit that dropped? It was like you had to, if you ain't here, you had to act like you heard the shit. Like, yo, you heard that new Kane album? Yeah, I heard that. He's lying like a, you had to be, you had to be hip. You had to, you had to know what was up, man, growing up, man. Like, for real, for real, man. Like, it was, it was, it was the thing. It was nothing. It was, hip hop was everything, man. Word. It was everything. And now, and now it's just like, it really is something different. It, uh, the way I look at it, like, all right, if you look at, like, a jazz musician, Right, somebody who's a jazz purist, like a, like a Wynton Marsalis or whatever the brother's name is. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that can really play their instrument. They they into jazz. They they study jazz. They grew up playing jazz, and their father played jazz, and they love everything about jazz. Then you come with. Then you got these new age cats that they 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 playing jazz off the off the keyboard, off the off the little uh MPC. They they playing. They little, it's something totally different now. You can't really respect it, mm. regardless of the outcome. Regardless of how many people may be fucking with it, as a purist, you're like, man, look, that's not that's not what we do. Like, mm. I understand you innovating and trying to do something a little different, but there has to be some 
custodians of the pureness of the art form in, in, in itself. Everything I love about hip hop and, and the, the, the lyricism and the art of MC, the reason why I be- decided to become an MC, like I hold that dear to my heart. Mm. So when I hear somebody doing something and claiming that that's hip hop, it's like I have a problem. I can't, you know, it's a different generation. I can't really argue with their version of what it is that they're doing. But just as a hip hop purist, it's like, mm, I don't really view that as the same thing, man. <laughs> like, no doubt, no that's doubt. That's not the hip hop I grew up on, man. Yeah, I mean, for us, we it's like you, you grow up, you watching this thing develop from a child to a young adult to an adult, and now all of a sudden that adult is starting to fall to the sideways. Like people take that "I used to love her" by common thing for granted. That's a metaphor. <laughs> That's just real, right? Metaphor. It's real. And that's how we feel. We feel like, you know, if you were there to actually see and witness it from the beginning to where it is now, then you probably get it. You know? I get you. But um, we'll move on to God music. Very dope track. I notice a few of the tracks have a few shots thrown at Christianity, Jesus Christ, the black church. Please explain to our listeners the reasoning behind that. Well, first and first and foremost is if if, if you gonna see have a creator at least see that creator in the image of the creator created you in the image of himself or herself with respect to, you know, anyone's beliefs. How is it then that we, the only group that goes into the only group I'm concerned with, let me say it like that. We work, we got all these huge churches, these, you know, religions, and everywhere I look around, I see white masters with my people bowing to them, praying to them, putting their spiritual wellness into them. How can I respect that with everything that has come out of that? So the attack is not on Christianity because you can't have Christianity without Africa. So it's not an attack on Christianity, but we have to attack the images like in God music. There's no attack on the black church. And I will correct that. And maybe you meant something a little more general because you did say a couple of tracks. It's an attack of the mindset in a black church. It's the mindset. How is it that we have churches everywhere and our communities continue to crumble? What is the church doing for the community in that sense? Now, we're not speaking to the few that are doing some things. When I was rolling with an organization here in New York and things got real and there was a scrap with the police and some brothers got taken in and we had 
posted up outside of, because, yeah, we come from work work, and we had posted up outside of the uh, police department. That brother that was the head of that organization, he went around, he went and got one of the local pastors to ensure that the brothers inside the cells were going to be okay. You understand what I'm saying? So there are pastors out here, you know, make no mistake about it. But when we are talking about that mindset that keeps us spiritually enslaved and identifies us through the eyes of those that would see us dead at their feet, I could never respect that, and I will always go at that, always, because these are the same people that fund when you get on this level, and I ain't going to go too crazy, but when you get on this level, these are the same people, that hip-hop that's dead, that, that stuff that we hear, this all gets funded and pushed and pushed and pushed, and the chicken spots get pushed, and the bad Chinese food gets pushed, and the liquor stores get pushed, and the churches get pushed into our neighborhoods. And I go, what is the one consistent thing in all the black neighborhoods? Why are all these things being used? What is it about? What is the connection? And I believe because of the roots of Christianity that do come from our people, I believe that there are things we recognize spiritually there. And I don't have a problem with that. But you can't tell me that even if you do the history of it, you can't tell me that if this person that they say Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ existed, he don't look like that. Right. So I'm going to attack that. You're right, because I care about the spiritual wellness of my people, because as I said, shout out to those people struggling, trying to figure it out, what it is. Well, I'm going to tell you part of what it is. You can't even see yourself in God. Because everywhere you look, they done told you he looks like the person that has done the worst things to you. The person that you always has put himself in a position that you always have to ask him for a job. You always have to get accepted to his university. You have to get accepted to his science club, his architectural firm, his museum of stolen artifacts from my people. No. No way. It's no way. A lot of the, when I came up in church, a lot of things scared me. They were so focused on heaven and hell, nobody was telling us about what was going on right now. That's not a knock to the people that showed me love, but there are some, there are some issues there. And when those issues, you can't even, your children can't know God is black, like, Imagine a little black child looking at Jesus as a white man and going, this is what I aspire to be. You have black women talking about my husband comes second to Jesus, and they pray to a white Jesus. Your husband comes, your black husband comes second to white Jesus? So that's what the attack is on, the mindset. Because I could talk to someone that believes God looks like him and her and his children. He can see his children and his woman and his mother and father and his grandparents and see God in them. How can you see God in them if the images of God all around the world don't look like you until you create can I, can I, can I speak? Can I speak to that point real quick? Um, I think, again, I think like, you know, just back to something that you asked us earlier in regards to who, you know, our music speaks to. It's like our music, and the, and the views that are expressed in our music, it's not going to be for everybody. Um, and we understand that. And, you know, we, we respect those 
of our people who may have different views or or what have you. But at the end of the day, um, United Front, um, myself particularly, like my my spiritual home is Africa. And when I put my spirit on the line for something, you know, I I, I base it on, you know, through my I, I look I look at through the world through my own cultural lens. My cultural lens is Africa. It always goes back to our spiritual home. It's our physical and mental and spiritual home, which is the continent of Africa. So when when we make songs like, like God music, right, it's not it's not with the intent to try to offend anyone. Just try to give you a different perspective of how we see God, the way that we see God and how we view how you see God. Now you may not agree with it, but it do it will spark a conversation like we having right now, which is important because at the end of the day, it ain't about who's right or wrong here. It's about what's the objective, and can we come to an understanding? Right. And ultimately, it's like, you know, if if again, I, I always use this quote from John Henry Clark: "If it can't be used for our liberation, I got to throw it away." And you know, we can't deny this historical fact that Christianity was something that was given to us via the slave trade. It's not something that was indigenous to our to our culture and to our and to our beliefs. It is also it is something that was inspired and, and what I say a lot of these concepts were, were stolen from you know from African uh, ideas and, and of spiritual thought. But Christianity as a as a as an idea, as a concept and as an institution, as as um the way it was initiated and instilled in, in, into the into the minds and hearts of our people was through the lashes of the whip. And that's something that we decide to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's why we, as, as, as Africans, like we don't associate with Christianity. That's just not something that we do. But we understand that's where a lot of our people was at. So we just try to give truth from our perspective. Like, you know, this is how we see it. Again, it's not about whether you agree with it or not, but that's just how we see it. Like, United Front is not for everybody. Yeah, I respect that. I mean... For me, per se, when it comes to that, I don't worship a Negro Jesus either. When we talk about the church, this is coming from someone who didn't want to have anything to do with Christ as it pertains to what has been done to black people throughout history. I found Jesus through experience. I found him through the Holy Spirit. The Bible in itself, really not gonna make much sense to you if you really go and you read it because it never made any sense to me. It made sense to me when I was in a place of surrender. And I really found out if you don't really understand anything don't agree with anything about it Jesus came to define only two things love the Lord with all your heart with all your mind and all your soul and love your brother as you love yourself the entire law is fulfilled on those two commandments this world would be great if everybody did the same thing But the indictment is not on Christ, but on the men who claim to worship him. This is why he came 
to begin with because the same Hebrews that say they knew God, he told them, no, you don't know me. You don't know me because you could be in a church for 40 years, but you ain't got no love in your heart. You don't know how to be nice to nobody. You don't know how to help anybody now. So the real worshipers that he's looking for is the ones who worship in spirit and in truth. Not the one that can preach a good sermon, but be the total opposite of the sermon. That's the Christ that I'm with. Everything else with regards to, you know, whipping and that's not the Christ I worship. That's someone twisting and making it, making Christ do what they want to do. I respect it, brother. And I, I, I truly, I truly believe though, like, you know, Dr. John Henry Clark has a saying, he said, he said the African that we can, uh, we can out Christian the Pope and we can out Muhammad Muhammad. And right. meaning we have a tendency to, you know, as Africans and being spiritual people that when we embody the principles of these religions that we really live it and we embody it to to its utmost and, and, and we embody what the religion actually is, is about. So when brothers like yourself speak about um, those principles, you know, um, that, that, that lets me know that we actually believe in the same creator. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Because it's not really about, it's about the character. It's about the, it's about the person. Like you said, treat your brother as you would want yourself to be treated. You know what I'm saying? And love the creator with all your heart and your soul and your mind and spirit. And this world will be a better place. And absolutely. I believe is that we all live by those principles. I don't care what religion that you, that you worship. If we live by those principles, then we would definitely be in a different position than from where we at. But I also look at the world in the context of war. And I understand that um, anything that, that comes into my mind, body, and spirit, and what I'm going to pass on to my children and to anybody that's willing to hear me and listen to what I have to say, I'm always going to try to arm you with what I think is the best weapon to, to, to fight this war that we're fighting, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually. And, um, yeah, I just leave it there, man. That was peace, man. I respect what you said. It's a deep wow. interview, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. We went, we've been going for a minute, but I, I some profound subjects. Ahead. I wanted to follow up on something, but go ahead, A-Level. I don't want I don't, uh, just, just keep it going, man. Keep no, it going. I was just going to basically say on Out the Box Talks, we usually stress the moniker of pushing the culture forward, right? So my question to you guys will be, with everything we already know about white supremacy, what's the solution? Or is there a solution? Because people, all people, are searching for hope right now. What can United Front offer to the hopeless or to the individuals searching for peace okay well I'll, I'll start by saying this for those who are looking for peace in 2020 
I think you're looking for the wrong thing, <laughs> to be absolutely honest. Because in <laughs> these days and times, again, I look at everything in the context of war because we at war. Any, any other nation that that would have happened to, kidnapped and brought over to another land, forced to work for how many years, then Jim Crowed and and then, you know, all we know the history. I ain't even got to run down the line. But we should be thinking about getting free. We should, that's, like, not peace. Peace come at the end. Like, I'm sorry. We living in an age where we need to be thinking about sacrifice more so than peace. We need to be willing to sacrifice for our children, for our families, for our people for our continent, for, our, for whatever creator you believe in, is sacrifice. Peace is not coming in these days and times because we still got our babies in, our, in the schools of our enemies being taught that Christopher Columbus discovered something. Like, we still being taught when we turn on the TV that, you know, if you're a certain complexion, you're not attractive. You know, certain, certain features is more attractive than the others. You got, you got blonde hair, blue eyes, the ideal of beauty is European. That's an attack on the African psyche. That's war. We can't have peace under these conditions. So if we want peace, we got to be thinking about changing our conditions, first and foremost. So what are we willing to sacrifice? And we're not willing to separate ourselves from our enemy. Like, it's like, what are we going to do without, like, what I'm going to do without NFL? Like, what I'm going to do without my NBA games? Like, we're so caught up in the luxuries and the distractions of, of this world that we, we wanted to give up our very sovereignty and our freedom. Can't have peace under these conditions. So I will just say, ask the people, anybody that's looking for peace, what you willing to sacrifice for it? Yep. That's the ultimate question. If I could uh, add on, I, I agree with my brother 100%. You got to understand the time that you're in. You know, it, it is in our nature to, a lot of our nature is to, you know, be receptive to, to peace and want these things. And But you, you have to earn that. You have to earn it and then be willing to protect it. You know, I, I don't use words like karma and, and things because I, I understand that, you know, life is a, life is a hand dealt. It, a lot of what we're born into in our lifetimes was set into motion a long time ago. So how am I going to just hope against something that is uh been put into place long before I even understood the basics of the, the way I was going to grow up? I don't even speak in my my natural tongue, right? We don't even eat our original diet. So it's like we there's so many things we got to get back to before we can just hope something is going to just change. We got to actively do it. Um but but with that said, don't 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 board up the houses just yet. <laughs> there's a peace of mind. There's not a complete peace. I think we have to understand the peace of mind. And I think we have to understand that peace of mind really comes when you're with, you're by yourself. We all, we love to show out in a group. Right. Some of us do it in subtle ways. Some of us do it in very grand ways, but we never, a lot of us can't be at home with, you've heard them say, you can you be at home with the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror? Mm. Can you sit by yourself? You know, look at pe people. People were 
two weeks in, couldn't sit at home. Word. <laughs> sit couldn't your butt sit down. at home. So, so, you know, a lot of, you got to under, before you deal with an outer problem, you have to deal with an inner problem first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have inner problems outside of racism and white supremacy. And we have to deal with these things, whatever they are. Remember I, I mentioned ending generational curses. So the wow. peace of mind that you want to attain your, your hope, if you, if, if you will, you got to get yourself healed. You got to stop being insane. Stop doing the same thing over. That doesn't work. Stop eating the same way. Just stop doing the same things. You, you, you'll hear people in 2020 with all the technology information in front of you talking about, you know, yeah, my, my grandmama showed me how to cook like that. And that's cool. But your grandmama cook like that for a reason. You don't still have to do that. So you, you, it, it's 2020 when you're on Facebook and want to thought around. But it's not 2020 when you got to get your health together and get better and get smarter. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get that. You know what I'm saying? So, so the peace of people got to heal, find a way to heal themselves. They got to admit their wrongs, their ills. They got to push the pedophiles out of their families. You know, we, we point the finger. A lot of times people go, oh, yeah, well, you know, they like to make that argument about uh, you, you talk about the whites and what the whites do. But what about what we do to ourselves? You know, first of all, definitely two separate conversations. And I just want to address this. Black on black crime isn't a thing because if white on white crime and, 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 and colors don't describe nationalities, but if yellow on yellow on crime and purple on purple crime or, or whatever you want to call people anywhere doesn't exist, how is it that only the black rate of crime in America is calculated, but no mm. crime rate is calculated amongst other groups at all. Yeah. That's unfortunate it's not even a that term. it happens to us, yeah. It's not even a thing, right? So I'm just saying this, we got to find peace. We got to be able to sit at home with our families. Whether you're in the projects or you got a nice home somewhere, we got to learn how to build with our neighbors. So these are solutions. There is not one solution. And I think anybody that says they have one solution, I, I don't know if I agree. That one solution may be a major component. It may be more major than anything I could ever think of. But there's not can one I get, thing. Can I get we're not, three? Absolutely. Yeah, I got three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I got three, and I make it real quick. I make it real quick. I try to make it real quick. And it's three things that black people really don't want to do, so it's a hard pill to swallow. People want to, people want to get rid of white supremacy. Here's a good start. One, right? We have to recognize that we have an enemy in this world. And stop acting like we don't. Stop pretending like we got friends in this world. Only friends we got is each other, period. Now, we refuse to accept that as fact. Until we do, we're going to continue to have problems. Number two, we have to stop trying to appeal to the morality of people who don't have nothing. See, when you protest, you're trying to appeal to the morality of people and you're hoping that they change their mind. <laughs> You're saying, I'm going to hold this sign, I'm going to march, I'm going to do this until you change your mind on how you feel about me and how you treat me. These people have, since the beginning of our uh, interaction with these people, they have not showed the capacity to change their mind nor their behavior. And then number three, which is probably the hardest one, and I wish I had a drum roll, black man, black woman, marry only each other. That's it. Black man for black woman, black woman for black man to have black children, to have black family, period. No more of this intermingling, no more of this, you know, I got this 
kind of girlfriend and this and none of that. If we we the only people that refuse to say and, and, and say it with confidence, I only date African people. That's it. Period. I do not want any other woman. You know what I'm saying? If you're a black man, you should be out, not out here chasing these these Asians and these and these, and these, and these white girls. Stick with your black woman, man. And she's the only one that can identify with your struggle. Period. We was nursed that that the, the the milk from 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 the the breast of a black woman is what saved us, man. For generations, bro. You know what I'm saying? There's too many of us out here turning our backs on on, on black women out here. So I'll leave it at that. But of course, I'll be called you know I mean crazy for all three of those things for saying to love your black woman and for black women to love black men only and to understand that to stop loving people who keep constantly killing us and stop and stop thinking they're gonna change their mind. That's all I'm really saying. And that is, that's a and, good start for me. I, I would love to just add on to the third one there because we could keep on going. And I would just, when he jumped in, I was going to say, we got to learn how to be neighborly again. I grew up, you could go to a neighbor's house if you were short something. Now we got too much pride, but yet you got a hungry child in the house. Like, I don't, I don't you know what I'm saying? I, we, right. They were just things that I still saw from, from my mom's time that barely exist today. I, I don't really see it. But to even the relationship dynamic of it, it's like how we we talking about healing, right? So how can we go out and leave our men and women behind when we still we haven't even learned how to love ourselves? So you have not learned how to love the black woman yet to to say, I don't like black women as if all black women have the same personality. I know that's not true. You know, or I don't date black men. All these black men are the same way. That's not true. It's just not true. Every member of United Front, we, we practice and live life the same way, but we're not the same type of personalities at all. All four members, completely different personalities. So I, I know everyone's not the same. So how can I go off and leave my people behind? When we haven't even healed yet before I, I got to give myself a chance. I got to, there's a sister out here for me. Like th- that's, that's simple. It's that simple. I got, I got to find the right one. And that's on me. Part, a lot of that is on me, but we got to learn who we are. This is what I'm saying. Before you go jump into a relationship and have babies and move in with people, you don't even know who you are yet. And you wondering why the relationship don't last. The relationship ain't built on nothing. People don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have any common anything other than this is what we supposed to do, get knocked up and make it happen. And obviously we have plenty of great relationships out here and people doing great things, but that, that's not what's on the forefront. Most of us don't know a bunch of people in good relationships, you know, and we have the, and we have common problems, right? So imagine me sitting here and and I, I like to pick on myself at times. So, Al, to, to your point, imagine me sitting here talking about somebody's church, and, and there's, brother, there's a bunch of infidelity in the so-called conscious community. Because it's, cause how is it that people, black people across two different, completely different schools of thought that don't even really intermingle like that have the same issues going on in their homes and in their communities, but there's a different base of knowledge and, and, and worship and things going on? But they got the same issues because there's no healing before we, we go to, as you said, surrender. You know, there's no, there's no true surrender, but everybody's trying to go ahead and go get to the next level. Yeah, I think healing. So, I'm sorry. 
I was gonna say I no, think no, no, go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead, please. No, I was gonna say I think healing is 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 a, is a vital part too. I was I was gonna ask y'all like what part does dietary healing and mental healing play a part in the you know the solutions too? Oh man, I don't know if you guys. I'm, I, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you, you, oh man, <laughs> you talking <laughs> well, to the right I, I brothers there, and I'm, I'm, a, Bomani, wait, Bomani, I'm a, I'm gonna give two wait. cents, and you got it. This is, this is, this is you right here. It's very important. It's very important because, and all I'm gonna just say really quickly, without going too far into my point, is, you know, we, our people, ate to survive for a long time, and we see the repercussions of those diets. So simple, just simple logic. I, I don't even got to go to Africa. I'm, I ain't got to go to nothing spiritual, just simple. You see that most of our people are some form of overweight. You see most of our people have these, all these ailments on all these pills, all these issues. So if the only consistent thing all these years, you got the same ailments grandma got, mm-hmm. what's, what's the connection? It's got to be the diet. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave that there. Mm-hmm. I think in regards to, like, and again, I always look at, I look at everything in the context of the world, man. So, you know, there's always, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody they should be a vegan or none of that. But whatever you're doing, right, should be, your lifestyle should be conducive to one, you know, to one that is that is moving in a direction that is going to be physically capable of handling themselves if ever, if it ever got real. As a man, I feel a man should be regimented. Period. If you're a man or woman, excuse me, as a black person, you should be regimented, particularly as a man. If you're not eating the right foods so you can train and work out and be able to physically defend yourself and family, then you have a problem. So regardless of what you're eating, if you're sitting home and eating chips and you're not active, physically active, and your diet is not conducive to your lifestyle, you just sitting there getting fat and you can't do nothing without getting winded, then you have a problem. Why? Because we live in the times where you see what's going on. Now imagine you're in a situation where you got to do something for, you know, for your family, but you're not one, you're not physically able to do it. You're not mentally prepared to do it. All of y'all are victims. We're living in those times as men, as men, we got to take our lives and the lives of our family seriously. So and that, along with that comes with what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're out there, you know, eating some, you know, some bullshit, not taking care of your body and you're not training, then you really don't believe what, you know, if I, if I sat here and I told you I looked at the world in the context of war, but yet I'm not physically training, then I don't really believe what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I'm just sitting back eating, eating donuts, you know what I'm saying, every day and watching old reruns of, you know, All in the Family or whatever, <laughs> I'm really playing myself. I don't really know, you know what I'm saying? Like, as men, as men, we really should be taking, you know, our, our safety and that of our family seriously. And it starts with what you're physically able to do and how you respond. Mm. And the first and the, and the first thing that comes, the first thing that comes into play with that is your nutrition. Mm. So 
that's just how I look at it. Like, so I don't really care if anybody ain't no vegan. I'm not going to get spiritual about it. None of that. I just believe that if you're a man on this earth, a black man on this earth, you got to know how to defend yourself. You got to know, you got to be able to respond, you know, physically, mentally, you got to be sharp. So there's certain things you got to, you got to put in your body and certain things you got to eliminate, you know, from, from putting in your body. That simple. You know, there's a saying that the, the, um, I'm not, I can't say, I don't know exactly how true it is, but you know, Diet also has an impact on the mental. So I know you spoke physical, but there's also some talk about how diet could affect you mentally, right? It could, you could, it could, it could inspire you to think a little sharper. The, the, you, you want some mental help from it? The discipline. The, the mm. ability to say, I'm not going to eat my favorite thing because it's bad for my health, even though I love it and I can't control wow. myself. Yep. I, I have to have it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that's the, a good discipline. point. So the discipline out of it. Yeah. You, you you will gain discipline by I suffer from Crohn's disease. And I don't take any of their medication. They I, they don't even I know Crohn's is just the name of some European man that was a doctor or whatever that probably was the first one that they say discovered it. But ultimately, my understanding is just inflammation in 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 your intestines and your digestive system. So. Mm. My thing was, I'm not going to get on medication. They don't have a cure for it, but they want to give me medication. They want to give me a medication I have to take for 90 days uh, before I even get to see if it um, will work. And there's all types of side effects, like developing lymphoma and so on. So the only thing consistent with, with my, what I understood with my body was how I would eat would determine how I felt. And... It wasn't just healthy food, see? It wasn't just like I got pineapples. I love pineapples, organic pineapples. Right. I had to stop eating pineapples. I had to stop eating grapes. I had to stop eating things that people pretty much are, you know, what help, what help people think are healthy. Generally say it's healthy, every little yeah. thing, But generally, right, fruits are good for you. Um, so then there was, you know, I could eat an Oreo, and an Oreo won't bother me. There's nothing healthy about an Oreo. Mm. You know, so so I had to learn, and then with Crohn's patients, no no one person is the same. It, it affects each one differently, though mm-hmm. there's similarities. Every no, it's not another Crohn's patient could probably eat pineapples, but can't eat something that I can eat without a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a discipline that I had to gain. My physical condition stopped me from doing a lot of things that I like to do physically to help stay fit because I wasn't eating. I had to retrain myself how to like mm. water because it bothered me to wow. drink water. And I was like, yo, wow. I'm not going to be able to drink water. What am I going to do? No, I'm not doing this. I'm not wow. doing it, you know. And they wanted me to get on medication so I could still enjoy steaks and whatever. I said, how about at my age I've had enough of that. Let me try something else. Yeah. Because, That's you know, you understand what real. I'm saying? So yeah. that. And that's not easy. And that's not easy. That's not, not an easy thing to do after all. What years I've never heard that. For. Wow, that's crazy. You know, but I will say this: the benefits of not eating certain things or eating better versions of things. Right? People don't. They go and make burgers for their family. They'll, they go get whatever ground beef is. So-called ground beef is on sale in a the supermarket. They won't go get a a, a good cut steak uh, chuck steak cut and get it ground up so at least you know you got all paused meat in that ground beef nobody you nobody they just i'm gonna just go get what's on sale 
You understand what I'm saying? So the mental discipline that comes behind that, that's the mentality you, you speak into more so than uh, I know some I've heard things like, oh, well, you know, when you when you eat, when you devour flesh, you're more savage or whatever. I don't know. I know a couple of vegans that will whoop that ass. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't want to go there with that. I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. like Bomani said. I don't think that's really important. But I do think there is some mental discipline that can come from eating better and challenging yourself to be yeah. better and break generational curses. Kids don't have to have cotton candy because it's fun at the circus. It's a horrible thing to eat, and there's a lot of things more fun and healthy. And, and I'll stop there because we could go on and on on this topic. <laughs> Appreciate that. So listen, I want to thank both of you guys for showing up to this interview, going through all the technical difficulties Mm. You know, but we still made it through. Yeah. Thank you, man. This was a a profound interview, man. This this one one of the best took some heavy, you know. Um, but I thank y'all for being here and um, you know, riding through it with us. We are definitely gonna look to see what else you guys have in store. I know that project is coming out in August, so um, yeah, man. Just uh, shout June nineteenth, June nineteenth, June nineteenth. Exactly. Also, June nineteenth, cipher in the field for manhood papers, bug shots of slugs, volume one, June nineteenth, and then we got the volume two dropping in July. Harriet shotgun dropping August fourteenth. www.ufasafo.com. That is ufasafo.com. Got it. Church in the field out now. And those are those projects available on um like they have to go through the website or are they on like iTunes and stuff? Are they, they streaming go, uh, accessible? Right, right, right now you have to go on the website, Church in the Field, which features God music, among other bangers, is available on www.ufasafo.com. You can check out the video on uh God Music, check search God Music, uh Deedle Green, United Front. Subscribe to United Front on YouTube because mm-hmm. we got a lot more music coming out, a lot more content, and it's about to be crazy in the year the room is called 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, worry. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, Sutek, too. Uh, you know, Sutek played a big role in making that God music video come together, so I just want to do shout him out for sure. All right. Wow, man. This is one for the road right here. Listen, man, I appreciate y'all, man. You guys have been really holding it down for our people in terms of their struggle, man. What you guys do is just, you know, speaking through that pain, you know, it it just sounds like the ancestors speaking, man. So much respect and much success, you know, in in all the endeavors y'all got coming, man. A-level. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Word. Appreciate it, brother. And and same the same to you guys, man. Thank you for the platform. Um, you guys doing real good things. And if we could, you know, we, we consider us friends of the show. If we can do anything to help, you know, push. We we believe in supporting black business and and supporting each other. So you know, you gave us this opportunity. You you, you can always reach out to me and at least ask, at least see if I can help out. So uh, we appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work. And you got any just. 
hip-hop conversations, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to United Front because we, we still MCs at heart, too. You know what I'm saying? So we, we can jump in those conversations, too. <laughs> no doubt. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm going to let A-Level close out, man. Go ahead. Well, shout to the dudes with the sharpest swords on earth. You know what I'm saying? Lyrically. And I feel honored and blessed that you guys came aboard the show to um, show your glory today. Word up. And just like that, man, keep keep, uh, keep checking out Out The Box, man. Go to the website, outtheboxmedia.com. Make sure you look for our Out The Box Talks podcast. We got a number of interviews that we do with so many uh, underground hip-hop artists and just artists that's, like we say, pushing the culture of hip-hop forward and giving you that thought-provoking, quality, creative music, man. So on that note, man, keep it locked and... We are out of here. Peace. Listen, listen. I do this all the time with most of our guests. And y'all know hip-hop. So when I say this, you're going to know how to end it. Hey, yo, what happened to peace? Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, 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 peace. peace. <laughs>